And for that, we just, as the example, let me just simply choose uh, the law of marginal utility. Um, I think we have not really talked about that law. Um, the most fundamental, more or less the most fundamental law in economics that says that as a supply of a homogeneous good increases, uh, the marginal utility decreases and vice versa. As the supply of a homogeneous good decreases, the marginal utility increases. Just very briefly, how we come up with this law is the first unit of a good, whatever that good is, will always be used in order to satisfy the most highly ranking desire of all desires that can be satisfied with the help of this unit, by definition. Um, if I have two units, then uh, the second unit will be used in order to satisfy the second most highly ranking desire that can be satisfied with a unit such as this. The third one will be used in order to satisfy the third most highly ranking unit uh, desire that can be satisfied with a unit such as this. You realize that these are, so to speak, logical, this is this logical law, uh, not a psychological law, a praxeological law, um, that cannot be falsified in any way. That is true throughout. We cannot possibly imagine any experience that we could ever encounter that could invalidate this type of law. Now, this law on the other hand does not help us at all to say what is the most highly ranking goal that you have uh, once you have one unit of an orange, for instance. Uh, or what is your most highly ranking goal that you would satisfy if you would have one unit of an orange in your supply? Or what your most highly ranking uh, desire would be that can be satisfied with a unit uh, of an orange? It does not help us one bit to predict what his second most highly ranking goal would be that he will satisfy um, with, with the help of an orange. It does not help us one bit to say whether what he considers his most highly ranking goal that can be satisfied with the first unit of an orange will be the same most highly ranking goal tomorrow or in three days or in four days. So it does not help us in any way to predict any concrete action that you will do. Nonetheless, it is true that every person at any given point in time will use the first unit of a good in order to satisfy whatever he considers to be his most highly ranking goal that can be satisfied with such a unit. Um, so the first aspect, we cannot predict what these goals will be, those are things that can be influenced by changes in knowledge. I find out I can do something with oranges that I didn't know until yesterday. Um, and accordingly, I put it to a new use. Um, uh, 
that is influenced that can be influenced by knowledge and accordingly we cannot make predictions about this their predictions are speculative um, but the other part that everyone will use the first unit in order to satisfy whatever is his most highly ranking goal that can be satisfied with a unit of such that can never be influenced by whatever we might learn and because of that we can say this is apodictically true um, can never be falsified uh, does not need to be tested at all and this is precisely the status that economic laws have they are statements that say something about the real world and they are at the same time non-hypothetically true it is indeed absurd wanting to test these types of propositions. Uh, what the positivists do is frequently things like um, you have a statement, let's say, a ball cannot be red and non-red all over at the same time. That's a logical truth. Um, what they do is, oh yeah, they look at the ball and say yes indeed this ball is not red and non-red all over at the same place but maybe we should just finance an expedition to Australia and see if we find balls that are red and non-red all over at that place uh, of course requiring huge amounts of travel travel expenses to do this sort of stuff in order then ultimately to show only what we could know in, in, in advance uh, or people who, yeah, who try to prove uh, the, uh, um, uh, uh, the theorem of uh, Pythagoras uh, by measuring uh, sides and, uh, and angles not recognizing that the uh, uh, theorem of Pythagoras can be deductively proven um, and then again measuring 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 and uh, using a huge amount of uh, resources to do it and come up ultimately with a result that can be shown uh, by purely deductive by purely deductive reasoning um, most of what you find in uh, in contemporary economics is either uh, if it is decently correct, they, sh they show something that you can already know in advance that water is running downward, something like that. And, uh, and sometimes um, they also just uh, prove with empirical methods that water is running upward and that uh, the p p uh, theorem of Pythagoras is wrong and that uh, balls can be non-red and red uh, all over at the same time. That is either showing something that is trivially true that for which we don't need any empirical investigations or uh, presenting ourselves with, uh, with results that are on the face of it uh, absurdities. Welcome to the Noted Bitcoin Podcast. We've got a Q&A episode tonight uh, with just Michael and I. 
Although we, we might have some guests drop in. We'll, we'll see how, how that goes. Michael, how are you? Doing good. I'm looking forward to another hour of Pierre and Bitstein rag on journalists. <laughs> we got to keep it to an hour this time. Last <laughs> time we got on the topic of journalists, we went well over an hour. Uh, in any case, the I, I don't know if this lady is, is a journalist or not. Uh, Francis Coppola. Uh, she's... Uh, Kind of a perennial Twitter troll person. Um, uh, she said uh, something like, for fuck's sake, I've been following Bitcoin since 2011. It's like, you're not helping your case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Admitting that. Yeah. You say that you got into it in like 2017. Uh, but we've seen, I mean, we've, we've been dealing with her for a long time. She has me blocked. I have her blocked. Um, so I don't, I, I only see her when she says something especially egregious and it makes, you know, all the rounds again. Well, this time it was that uh, that Bitcoin is a cult, uh, and she quote tweeted Jack Mahler's, uh, who is a friend of the show and has been on. Um, Jack tweeted out, "Bitcoin is not software that is lacking consumer adoption." Uh, because now this was in response to a goddamn journalist uh, at New York Times, uh, um, Nathaniel Popper. Nathaniel Popper. Why, why do these people have the same? Because I was thinking of um, Karl Popper and I was like, no, that's not, <laughs> that, that was not him. Um, and then Francis Coppola, she, she stole Francis Ford Coppola's name and now parades around that as, a, as like a, the, the B cash to uh, Francis Ford the Coppola. The horror. The horror. <laughs> Um, so Jack had tweeted out, um, Bitcoin is not software that is lacking consumer adoption, an app that is not meeting per performance benchmarks or a business that needs a change in leadership. Bitcoin is a global phenomenon, an idea and a movement that represents a more connected and free world. So like, I don't find this to be, uh, either. I mean, I, I find it to not be controversial in the sense that I, I think it's true. And also I don't know that that makes that uh, that gives it qualities of a cult per se. Although I understand that you could say that Bitcoin's a belief system, which is literally what Jack is saying that it is a belief system. Uh, but but to me, a cult has uh, so some other uh baggage with it although I, I kind of like the idea of bitcoin being a cult anyway yeah i mean i wish it was more cult like uh, it'd, it'd really help things out quite a bit i've uh, i haven't seen the netflix documentaries about some of these cultists there was there was one like uh uh wild west or something i don't know um cheer about it. they're they're extremely um you know effective people although they're they're con men in the end so it you know falls apart sometimes and you know everyone drinking kool-aid and dying but um you know they are effective but yeah it's been a while since i've i've actually looked at her ramblings um so i, I don't know what her her key arguments actually are anymore but she probably when she sees that my guess is that she sees it as as someone saying that like the no no metric even matters at all this is just this thing that's going to happen or whatever and so it, it almost has like a, a feeling of just some like rapture event and it's like well and, and just it, it takes on an unfalsifiable position right and it's just like, oh well it's a cult right uh so i i think that she would be on stronger ground if she just said that it's a religion uh 
because uh, of of the connotations of cult. Um, but in, in any case, uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, one of the aspects, the negative aspects of a cult is uh, the social ostracism yes. of people who reject uh, its its like core tenets and its beliefs. Bitcoin and, is literally the opposite. <laughs> well, so there's there's like there yeah the, <laughs> we, we evangelize um and we, we, we do and there, there's also i i think at least maybe it's maybe it's not all bitcoiners but there there is this sense you know uh uh mazir's uh interview on tales from the crypt which everyone should go listen to is incredible episode um you know, he was talking about how, you know, even even the most, you know, strident no corner, that last man or woman or, you know, wh whatever uh, uh, person, you know, enters the Bitcoin space, they are still going to benefit from, um, you know, being being in a Bitcoin sound money environment. Um, so in that case, I mean, in on, on your personal level, you might, you know, uh, there's there's reasons to ostracize say like shit coiners and strident no coiners but um i don't think it's it, it's certainly not in the same way that uh you know a a person who joins branch davidian is going to treat outsiders well yeah and i i've never heard of any bitcoiner say that uh you should stop communicating with your no corner friends uh, yeah. and that you need to leave your family uh, and join us. It's actually sort of uh, almost almost the opposite also in the sense that I'm 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 more worried about you know potential resentment of people who didn't listen to me. Yeah, than yeah. me of them because I'm happy that all of us get to enter a bitcoin world but they may, might be unhappy that they did not um uh, benefit as much they didn't profit as much as they could have and so uh, i i assume that with that ostracization in uh you know actual cults the the uh hatred for lack of a better word is directed from the in group towards the out group rather than the other way around so all right here's an argument for uh for bitcoin being a cult Okay. Uh, and this is from uh, Brian Hoffman, who uh, is the project lead for Open Bazaar and the CEO at OB1, which is a uh, VC funded startup for uh, creating e commerce, like a decentralized e commerce platform. Right? Mm -hmm. um, I shouldn't use the word platform. I've heard that people are abusing the word platform and that it now needs to cease to be used. So I'll, I'll try to be more careful about that. Um, Brian tweeted out, only one rule to Bitcoin. If you stick around long enough, you become the bad guy. And I found this to be amusing because uh, today, or well, yesterday, I, I became the bad guy. Uh, and I don't think many people saw this or cared because it was really... As far as bad guy things, uh, <laughs> pretty funny. But um, basically, I was I was playing around with the uh, setting the fee rate on my routing node, mm -hmm. and uh, one would think that that is uh, you know something that's easy to do. Uh, but 
there's weird inconsistencies in the LND API where uh, I, I think it was that in in your configuration file, if you set the fee rate, you need to set like uh, by oh my god, I, I still haven't figured it out. Uh, you need basically you you could put like five thousand in your configuration file, and then if you use the uh, gRPC API or the command line, then you need to put like 0. 0.00005 because it's like one is dividing by a million and the other is not or something bizarre like that. And so I screwed that up. And so I was basically charging 700 Satoshis for every one Satoshi that you said. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I got, you know, some messages from people being like, why are you trying to scam people with your routing node? Uh, and uh, then they were like posting on the Lightning Network subreddit about um, let's uh, the 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 post said uh, warning Lightning power users fee is seven hundred satoshis. Be careful! C please contact the owner in case this is an error. It's like well. I, I guess there are people who don't know that I'm I'm the owner of that, but uh, I guess I need to do more social media marketing. I thought I was doing enough of that. Um, in any case, uh, I, I got it sorted out, but um, then it got into a conversation where uh, uh, one of the people was like, uh, "This is th so I fixed it," and the guy goes, "The new fee rate he set is high as hell, anyways," um, and so. I was like, well, what you know, I, I set the same fee rate as as one of the other big nodes that's run by async. Um, and it it seems like a reasonable fee rate to me. Um, but he had it in mind that like right now we need to promote adoption of the lightning network. So we need to have like very, 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 very low. We should keep it at the default fee. And we're talking we're we're arguing over fractions of a penny like literally fractions of a penny yeah um, he's gonna love layer three solutions i know right <laughs> it's like oh man the fee market on lightning is uh too intense it's uh it's it's getting up there we need to uh... so anyway i i became the bad guy for a little bit but i i don't know that here's the thing though no one agrees with that person i i, I was like asking different people around like tweeting about it like you know is this appropriate they're like well yeah i mean it's Mm -hmm. It's mar like uh, it's what the market will bear. It's and if if the problem is that if we don't set fees, then people will just come in and abuse my liquidity, and then my all my channels will be imbalanced, and then they they get to rebalance their channels for free. Like it's yeah. not yeah. It, it's not like there's a, a, a it's not me doing charity. It's like if if a supermarket was selling bread below cost. Then other supermarkets would just start buying that bread and then selling it, you know, at a slightly higher margin. As and then the supermarket right, exactly business. like yeah, I, I think this uh, pe people <laughs> there there is a, a, a weird thing in Bitcoin where it's just like this fine line between like we do have all these sort of open source charity, if you will, yeah, and then there's you know people who are finding actual uh, profit um, seeking. Uh, capitalism. Well, the other and... thing too is that like these these routing fees uh, from my node, uh, de facto, 
you're getting reinvested into developing the node launcher. Like it's not like it's going into uh, my fund for you know having a a sushi party with uh, you know eat, eating sushi off of naked women. Like that's not what what these routing fees are going towards. Right. I mean, at the same time, yeah, I was just thinking this earlier. You know, pe people in in some ways don't necessarily care about that. They care about getting the product that they want. Right. Um, in which case, you know, if someone if someone else had lower fees they might not care that they're you know using those fees to have sushi parties they right, just get yeah, the lower fee absolutely and well the other problem with with the mentality of like Pierre needs to keep his fees at the default is that then i'm i'm encouraging centralization of the network because now everyone's just going to have one channel open with me because they know i'm not going to gouge them uh whereas normally if right. you have multiple channels open then your you your software different different stuff and find you know actual lowest fees. Yeah, That's exactly. A very good point. And the software automatically does that. Like it's going to pick the route with the lowest fees. So do we want to? I I want to encourage people to open more channels with other people. So like, so one way of doing that is by raising my fees. But um, anyway, uh, well, and then there there's other issues, right? Like, uh, first of all, the opportunity cost of capital. Uh, so right now the the opportunity cost is essentially that I could be lending out this BTC uh, to, to traders to, to go trade on, on uh, Bitfinex and do leverage trading or, or not have it in a hot wallet and keep it in cold storage. Um, and then there's the cost of opening and closing channels uh, that uh, is right now, like, yeah, it's very low. It's one Satoshi per byte, but that's still 150 Satoshis at least per channel. Uh, and that that adds up, uh, especially when I have um, people who are experimenting and they are, you know, closing channels that I open to them and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so there, there's that. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. But anyway, I'm okay with being the bad guy, I, uh, especially on Lightning. That's... This is this is like uh, you're you're right. I mean, this is a totally fine place to be a bad guy. Because it's not like you're not trying to subvert anything. I mean, some I, I guess some people are perceiving that as you try yeah. to subvert it. So, but uh, the other thing too, uh, the other argument I made was that if I charge higher routing fees, then then that kind of signals to other people that are not currently running a routing node that there might be some satoshis to be made running a routing node, and so I'm attracting more liquidity onto the network mm -hmm. because the routing fees are public. It's not. Uh, now, how much I earn is private, but the because the channels are public and part of the public, uh, you know, announcement is the routing fee. Um, if people see that routing fees are high, then I'll, I'll attract competition, which is great. And um, his argument was, well, we don't want people using the Lightning Network for the wrong reasons. We don't want people, you know, joining the Lightning Network to uh, make money off of routing. It's like, well, why the fuck not? Like, uh, that's. Uh, I mean, someone someone has to do routing, right? You know, people miners aren't just mining because they want to, you know, burn electricity. They're yeah. doing it because there's a reward at the end, and people don't want to. People Michael, don't want to do any business. We don't want people timestamping for the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, it's actually like yeah. money is the money is a fantastic incentive to get everyone to do the thing that is socially good. Well, this yeah. is also something that uh, Mazir had gone gone into very well. He's he's very good at at articulating this. Um, 
So yeah, no, that's that, that's just kind of silly for me, but uh, to me, but I mean, I, I guess this, I, I'm hearing all of this, and it's just a great case to go back and you know read Mark, Marcus Aurelius again, yeah. um, and just recognize that like you know pe- people are as they are, and it's impossible to make everyone happy because everyone, even like you have to know uh, if you think you're doing the right thing or not because you know someone's going to just we can't help ourselves. We, we commit, you know, fundamental attribution errors or we just have different beliefs about things. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like I have this like cognitive bias and I, I think a lot of people have it where like you can, I, I receive compliments all day long about node launcher and my routing node and whatnot. And then like, I receive like one or two, you know, negative messages and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> how dare you <laughs> and, and like it's an attack on like my ego basically and uh then i like trip out on it when really um like nobody agrees with this person <laughs> except like themselves so uh what am right, i and yet they take up your entire mind space yeah exactly all day all week exactly yeah I, now, i've, I've had it, that happen as well it, it would be a different matter if hypothetically like you know this goes on and then I, I get messages from like roast beef and like, you know, Christian Decker. And they're like, Hey Pierre, like you really need to rethink what you're doing here. Like this is, this doesn't, you know, make sense from either an economic or an engineering perspective. Here's our explanation of why that is the case. And then like, okay, two ways to react either be like Brian Hoffman and be like, well, I guess I stuck around long enough to become the bad guy. And now these uh, developers are, you know, chastising me and I I reject their criticism. And uh, now I'm going to go start an altcoin or something, you know, um, or uh, like have to admit that they've got a point because if it's, it's one thing if like one random asshole on the internet is upset with you, but it's another thing if there's like, uh, quite a few people in the technical community have like concerns that they are, you know, calmly expressing to you in, in objective terms that, hey, right. you know, OK, now now maybe that there's there's maybe I am the bad guy. Maybe I do need to uh, rethink my approach. Yeah, I think I think there's, uh, you know, good advice here, too, for uh, the people on the other end of it, which is the, the the person who's experiencing the fees and being like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, to those people, I'd say like the, the Bitcoin community is so open. It's extremely easy to come talk to Pierre. And it's not too difficult to figure out that Pierre is the the head of Lightning Power users. Um, could, so I think you could literally Google it. Let me let me <laughs> see if you Google Lightning Power users. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's right there. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, so <laughs> so with that, you know, I think I think. Bitcoin, you know, stands out as a great, you know, community and industry where you can actually build relationships with uh, the service providers of anything, whether it's wallets, routing nodes, whatever it might be. And by building those relationships, you know, your your criticisms are also going to uh, rise in priority and it becomes more uh, socially valuable for everyone involved. It's not merely, it's not merely like you kind of get the voice and exit at that yeah, point because absolutely. you can, you can walk away. Like you don't have to open a channel with lightning power users. Um, yeah. uh, so but this, you can also is... build that relationship and then your voice does matter because, you know, it's impossible for us to just listen to anyone who's 
um, you know, has a complaint about things, unfortunately, uh, or maybe fortunately in, in many cases. But uh, if you do build that relationship, then, you know, there is reason to do it. And it, it means a lot to be able to, to rectify that and, and work through those problems. Yeah, agree. Um, and actually, it's interesting that uh, th this is an improvement over the situation with the miners in the sense that um, with the miners, you can't really be like, well, I don't want my transaction included in their blocks. I don't want my <laughs> transaction fee to go to them. <laughs> um, and so like we had to put up with Bitmain because they it's, it's an open access system like that. Whereas with uh, Lightning, you could just close your channel to me and open it up with someone else. So uh, there's definitely a different dynamic there where uh, I do have to uh, be a responsible citizen on the network. Um, and in, in any case, like I, I replied to the guy that I was like, you know, I just took ownership of it. Yeah, I, I screwed up the orders of magnitude on this and... Uh, I'll try to be more cautious. Uh, but at the same time, like everyone's experimenting on this network um, and I'm only going to be so cautious. Like I, I, I am going to continue to try different new things and uh, be a little reckless. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny because you know, he was like, this single node connects to over 20% of the network and for many is the only or main route. And to me, <laughs> that's like, like yourself too. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there seems to be a problem there. I didn't so. ask you to only connect with me. I just said that I'd be happy to connect with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I do take that responsibility seriously. And uh, hopefully I, I won't have uh, problems, serious problems like this. I'm sure I will have serious problems like this again. One of, the, one of the problems that I was thinking about, Michael, is so I'm moving to Austin later this year uh, or early next year. Um, Finally. Some, somewhere during the winter. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, how am I going to move my node? Because it's like, it's sitting in my, you know, office, home office <laughs> closet. So did, did you see the episode of uh, Seinfeld, the Frogger? No. So there's an episode of Seinfeld is uh, in season nine where uh, George Costanza goes to a pizza place that he used to go to as a kid. And they still had the old Frogger machine, and he still had the high score on the Frogger machine. But then they found out that like the the Frogger machine was being moved across the street, and so he was trying to come up with this big operation to be able to uh, move the Frogger machine without it losing power, so that the high score would remain his. That's um, exactly the same yeah. situation I'm in. Yeah. So don't don't do what he did though. <laughs> It'll get hit by a truck. Well, ideally, like I would, um, I would set up my hardware in Austin uh, while I'm down there, like visiting my parents or something. The 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 BSV trolls are gonna be like, Pierre, Pierre's moving in with his parents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, guys, they've I, I've I've been to their house. Beautiful basement. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. There's like a, a small light. You get like, you know, when noon comes around, you get like this sliver of light. <laughs> uh, it, it lights up all of the uh, the trash down there, the <laughs> McDonald's wrappers, <laughs> uh, the empty pizza boxes. Uh, but uh, yeah, or, or I could set it up at your place uh, and then over SSH do a, you know, shut down the node, synchronize it over SSH, 
started it up again in Austin and then uh, move my hardware and then do it again once I get to Austin. That would I think that would minimize my downtime. Right now I'm I'm number two for availability on on one ML. So I used to be number one. Uh, yeah, until, yeah, you can't you can't mess yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, my reputation depends on it. Uh, anyway, I, I don't have fiber though, so if you, um, if you need that, yikes! I'll I'll, I'll go. I'm, to, I'm uh, living in the dark ages over here. I had, I had an internet outage today. It was uh, oh man, a very traumatizing afternoon. What'd you do? <laughs> I, I don't even know. <laughs> Curl up in a fetal position, shaking. I couldn't see through the tears. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, to go back to Brian Hoffman, <laughs> that was a very long detour uh, pointing out that, yeah, you do become the bad guy, but how long you're the bad guy for really depends on how you react to being the bad guy. Uh, right, right. People like uh, will start digging their hole uh, and just keep digging instead of uh, trying to figure out what's what's going on. And, uh, you know, uh, Peter Van Valkenburg at mm -hmm. Coin Center. So yep. he had a really interesting response to this. Um, he said that uh, Bitcoin is a common pool resource, to use the language of Eleanor Ostrom. Smaller communities with strong behavioral norms and the ability to shame transgressors of those norms best manage common pool resources. It's not always nice, but it might be essential to governance without central authority. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, comment because um, in, in my case, like, clearly, You're familiar with Ostrom, right? Uh, so no, I'm not. She, I know that she got like a Nobel, no, Nobel Prize winning, you know, yeah. which of course like makes you, uh, you suspicious. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. It's it, she. She talks about you know how how you can have sort of. Uh, uh, sh I, I I don't know if this is actually proper, but kind of like libertarian governance of public goods, hmm. um, through through what he is describing. Gotcha. Um, so I think there's some good Austrian critiques, but it's good enough to to go with for Bitcoin memeing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of just like a, a vague heuristic of uh, what's going on and why why it is that if if you are behaving in a way that is really like frankly antagonistic towards the Bitcoin network, so uh, whether it's uh, advocating for blocks that are way too big or whether it's for like spamming the network. Or uh, raising your lightning routing fees uh, to an exorbitant <laughs> price, um, which, like you know, as we discussed, like there's a market mechanism there, but there's also an element of shaming, like and shaming, like shaming me in the sense of me making a mistake, not like the shame of of setting prices too high, but the shame of setting prices, like me accidentally making a mistake, um, and I think that like you either. Either you you like clearly I violated a norm there, um, and people are like, "Oh, uh, we opened the channel with you, and now you're like doing a bait and switch on us here," uh, and that's like, all right, there's you know you can continue to transgress the norm and then face complete social ostracism. Uh, like if I'd stuck by my fee and been like, "No, nah, well, that's what it is," and frankly. Uh, I don't like you complaining because paying 700 Satoshis to move one Satoshi uh, is a privilege, uh, not, you know, uh, a, a duty. Um, 
like that that wouldn't that wouldn't go anywhere. And and it's the same thing with the people who are trying to advocate for a larger block size. Of this. Okay, you, you can you can transgress the norm, uh, but people don't owe you uh, forgiveness or anything like that if you persist in it. Uh, yeah. Now, and I certainly don't owe you computational power, right? To be yeah, able my, to verify those blocks. Yeah, and it's interesting that like there, there, there's the um, there's the two worlds of the social world and the node peer to peer network reality. Uh, and I find the the like relationship those between those two worlds to be fascinating because like. People, the big blockers, the Brian Hoffman's of the world, like they can trip out on Twitter as much as they want. They can't change the node software that I run. They can't do anything about that. Uh, yeah. That's and to me, that's like that's what that's what makes the the you know the common pool resource, um, you know, from like the peer to peer network perspective, so powerful uh is the ability to just ignore the uh norms transgressors no matter how much how how uh active they are i also think it helps the social aspect as well um yeah. in the sense that uh you know maybe you are actually making a good market decision and you can just continue running your your node the way you're doing it, and people can choose what they want and the market can play itself out but they can't really do anything else about it. There's, you know, pitchforks aren't going to help. Um, unless I guess like enough of them find, you know, your your node and can, you know, beat it to the, to death uh, office space style. But yeah, or, or do like denial of service attack or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the point but, being that like yeah. you, you as the person acting in the market, you also can just, you know, be steadfast in whatever you be you believe to be the the right entrepreneurial move and so i i think it actually kind of it, it just works itself out it's a great beautiful market process um yeah and now i could i can imagine like uh some some you know legislator being like we didn't have uh price gouging laws to prevent wow. people from jacking up rates on their nodes wasn't that that in the Green New Deal? That whole thing about uh, you know, Bitcoin wastes too many, too much energy, and on top of that, the layer two people charge too much for the routing. <laughs> uh, I, I distinctly remember that right I, next I to the, it, yeah. uh, you know, sending all Bitcoin carnivores to the gulag. Yeah, I actually, Michael, maybe it was either the Green New Deal or it was in Atlas Shrugged. I forget <laughs> which one it was. They they're so close together. Wait, they're they're different. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny because like uh, I I was watching uh, Atlas Shrugged, uh, you know the 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 three part movie. Um, it oh, I got, heard it was terrible. Yeah, it got horrific reviews, but I yeah. still enjoyed watching it. <laughs> I think I watched it until like I was halfway through the third movie. So did they do the full John Galt speech? I I don't recall. Okay. Uh, the the problem with the movies is that they I think that the first one like is like mediocre you know it's like a 60 out of 100 um and because of that like they didn't have the budget for the next two mm. and so they progressively get worse <laughs> they don't have the same cast between them i think they couldn't afford the same actors so but no cast... really who is john galt who's <laughs> uh it changes <laughs> between the movies um uh, but I still recommend at least going seeing the first one. I think, but I think like someone like Ocasio Cortez was like watching watching that movie and being like, "Huh, 
I like the government people in this movie. Like, I think they're making sense. And I'm not so sure about the rest of the people in this movie. And and meanwhile, you know, we're sitting on like an incredible static electricity generator thing. And yeah, yeah, that's it. kind of that. I, I, I actually I think that um, maybe Iron Man should get credit for like being prescient and in, in seeing that Galt's Gulch is Twitter uh, and uh, the the motor is Bitcoin. And we are like escaping onto Galt's Gulch and we hang out on Twitter um, and or, or on, on podcasts. Uh, yeah. It'll but, even get better once we get to like the Bitcoin citadels. Yeah. In real life. Well, I, I mean, look, if you think like part of part of something, you know, safe taught me from, uh, you know, uh, talking to him as well as in his newsletter is this idea of um, mining operations because they you know, are incentivized to go seek out energy sources that had previously been, you know, untappable because how are you going to transport that energy? There also is some level of uh, incentive to actually, you know, bring resources to the energy rather than get the energy to the resources as far as like uh, municipal infrastructure. So in many ways, like a, a Bitcoin mining uh, center can be kind of like that Galt's Gulch thing where it's like that that is that is what a community physically builds around um and once you've done that you've once you have enough it, it could be that then you know the costs uh, or the the profits from that electricity production move less uh to uh the bitcoin mining and more to the municipality itself and thus you've sort of bootstrapped um energy for a new community in a place that was previously um kind of uh, unavailable to human uh, right. living which is incredible so gold's gold like bitcoin bitcoin valhalla um yeah i think that that's going to anger there's a certain percentage of our audience i think that doesn't like ayn rand uh, I, I i still haven't even read <laughs> anything but anthem because it was the shortest so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. Anyway, we've we've talked about her before, so I won't get into it. Um, so yeah, uh, Peter's comments about Ostrom's theory, uh, and um, then the other thing is that like, why why does why does Brian Hoffman think of himself as a bad guy? <laughs> like, that seems to be implied in his tweet that that he thinks that he has become a bad guy. And does he think that like other people who have been around for longer than him, um, you know, let's say I'm, I'm pretty sure like Matt Corrala has been around longer possibly. I, I don't even know when, I mean, when I Brian Hoffman it, came in. Yeah. I think, I mean, cause Matt Corrala got in at what, like 2010 is when he was in college. Yeah, or, and no, like, sorry. He was, I, I think he was in high school when he, he started with Bitcoin uh, development. Yeah, and uh, Peter Wola and Vladimir. So, so uh, they've been around pretty long, and they haven't become the bad guy. Now, maybe I'm, it's just because they're in my in group, right? And so, mm -hmm. like, they are the bad guys to uh, the B cashers. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't see. It's always confusing now because Brian Hoffman can say one rule to Bitcoin. 
and we don't know which Bitcoin he's referring to anymore. Uh, is he, or is he talking about crypto in general, or uh, because if he's talking about Bitcoin BTC specifically, talking, you know, someone like Roger Ver, yeah, uh, who had been Bitcoin Jesus, and then you know over time uh, lost lost that credibility. I mean, it, going back to like the Node and peer to peer, like the peer to peer versus the social yeah. aspect. Um, there is like this interesting dance between the two of, you know, you as a Bitcoiner, a, a citizen of the Bitcoin network, um, you both want to be able to sort of, you know, stake your sovereignty. Um, but you also certainly have a, a so strong uh, social drive to kind of want to be able to to see where the social consensus is going so that you can submit to it. <laughs> Because right. you don't want to be left behind, right. uh, which which is interesting too. Because from some perspectives, that could be seen as sort of cult like behavior, I suppose. Where you kind of just like you don't even believe uh, the thing necessarily at first that you're giving into. You just know that like that's the way the consensus is going, and this entire project is about finding social consensus, and you don't want to be left out. It doesn't matter if if you don't think that the you know, consensus is this perfect ideal form of what you want Bitcoin to be. You have to submit and and join that consensus because if you don't, you're left out, and then you don't get to be part of Bitcoin. And your your money, your your money, any any UTXOs that you accrue uh, after that fork uh, puts you puts you outside of all economic activity. Well, you, you could still, um, you know, uh, reluctantly go to the monetary shelling point of BTC, but at, at the social level, uh, be, you know, uh, a pariah because you're constantly griping about how you don't like the shelling point that we're at. Right, uh, right. That, that's why I was careful to say the, yeah. the UTXOs you accrue afterwards because, you know, it, you also, as, as a person, you don't have to be, you know... You, you you're under uh, you're under no obligation to have beliefs that are uh, 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 you know aligned with your actual portfolio holdings. Yeah, so it's interesting because you you could imagine someone who is um, entirely ha has entirely separated in their mind the reality that. Um, BTC is the shelling point and the current consensus rules that come with that and accepting that fully and being fully invested in that and simultaneously from an intellectual perspective, believing that that is the wrong shelling point to be at, um, but it's just not going to be profitable to show up at any other one. Uh, so like you got to be there. Um I, 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 some, some people, some names come to mind of, of people who are, who are that way. Um, uh, but I've also heard it from like Ethereum people who are like, oh, look, you know, Bitcoin's what I store my money. It's like the store of value oh, for right. me. Yeah. Like, and yet they, they work tirelessly on Ethereum apps. Yeah. Because, uh, you I know, see that a lot. Yeah. That's how, <laughs> that's how I make the income, you know, it's, uh, it's like, all right, well, I, I, I guess 
that's fine. I, 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 my that, feeling about that is- That's an interesting relationship with you that you have with investors. It's certainly not the relationship that I seek to have with investors. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too is like, don't you want to be working on like the biggest thing? And the biggest thing is Bitcoin. So that's like, I, I feel like from a develop as a developer, you know, it it's reinforcing the notion that like, well, okay, I, I agree that uh, maybe there are other things that are fun to develop on. Uh, but in terms of the impact I want to have on the world, uh, well, I kind of have to follow the monetary shelling point uh, regardless. Right. But that doesn't even, that's not even specific to like cryptocurrencies. Like I could be working on like Postgres development and, you know, writing like uh, C extensions for Postgres. And I would find that to be interesting. I find databases to be interesting, but I wouldn't be working on Bitcoin. And and the, that's kind of like why I enjoy uh, doing lightning related stuff, uh, because I yeah. know that it's using as as like a key part of it. It's using this this monetary consensus. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, there, there's no not everyone has to work on Bitcoin stuff. In fact, like part, part of the, the point of Bitcoin existing is so that we can uh, better economically power all of these structures of production and division of, divisions of labor. So, um, you know, <laughs> listeners should not hear that and think that they themselves absolutely need to go quit their jobs and find something in Bitcoin. Um, unless they want to. Unless they want to, exactly. <laughs> well, it's the same thing too with like uh, the whole hodling versus spending. It's like, uh, yeah, if if you want to spend your Bitcoin, then buy, <laughs> yeah, I guess you should. Or if you want to develop on Bitcoin, to. you should. If you don't, you shouldn't. Or if you want to hold your Bitcoin, you should. Don't like, shame people I, I for not understand. wanting to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I understand that like people want to argue about whether, you know, what the pros and cons of each are. Um, but ultimately you're, it's, it's like, and uh, in, in, I, I remember reading this article about, um, they did brain scans of conservatives and of liberals and they just have like different brain structures to them. And they actually were making the argument that people are either born as a conservative or as a liberal and that you don't really find all that many people who like substantially change their 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 political orientation um and i kind of feel that way about like a lot of different things in this ecosystem like i think that someone who is passionate about bitcoin enough to like quit their high paying job to go work on it for you know a paltry amount or zero uh it like either they have the psychology to do that or they don't and in either case it's okay and i don't think that like arguing about developer incentives or anything like that is going to change much. Right. And it's also, I mean, when, when you say it like that, it's also a sort of like scarcity mindset where you think that like if, if any single individual does not do exactly what you think they ought to be doing, there isn't a whole bunch of other individuals out there that you can uh, persuade and who are readily excited to be doing the thing that you wish to see in the world. Yeah, well, but that's not to say you shouldn't post the memes about holding uh, when the price is crashing. <laughs> <laughs> and when the price is going up. And when the price is going up. Yeah, I remember th there was this chart that was like showing that, oh, people were saying HODL more when the price was going up than it, when it was going down. And it was like, 
Yeah, that makes sense to me. Because that actually, yeah, it, it, that makes more sense to me because I, I at least f f when it's not Babby's first bear market, <laughs> you get used to it. I mean, I, I still like at this point, you know, I've become comfortable. Like I, it's you know, Bitcoin is you know, people ask me the price. I rarely look at the price, but I know it's like if I make a guess between thirty five hundred and four thousand, I'm probably right. I just say that and. um you know, I've I've become yeah. That's been etched into my mind. Is that's kind of where it is these days. And on the grand scheme of things, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Um, so it's just like the bear market does not phase me. Uh, but yeah, when it's going up, that's when you have to remind yourself. It's like, hold on, like twenty thousand is just the beginning. No, Michael, you need to cash out your gains now. <laughs> Buy back lower. No, what? What's the no? No one. No one ever regretted taking a profit. What is it that people oh, yeah. say? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Or uh, no one ever went broke taking a profit. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very. Yeah, I, I love all like the trader Bitcoin, pieces of wisdom. When you take a, what are you taking a profit? I don't understand. I thought yeah. the whole point was just to get a Bitcoin high score, stacking sets. Michael, it's astounding how many people don't understand that one BTC equals one BTC. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> well, the the other argument is, uh, well, Michael, you can. Do they think there's more to life? You can stack more sets if you sell when it's high and you buy when it's low. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? So, do people say that exactly? Because that's a it's a that's a fascinating take because it's totally contradictory to that idea of no one. Uh, you know, no one went broke or whatever, because you're you're saying then that it's like, hey, these things happen. But oh, but by the way, I'm going to time the market and try to invest and like double down on certain beliefs or whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And in <laughs> practice, what happens is that uh, like you go broke. <laughs> well, let's take <laughs> let's, to get a let's take a real world explanation or a real world example of this is uh, this guy called Raul Pal. And he's like this big, you know, hedge fund, macroeconomics, macro hedge fund guy who's, you know, very smart. He's done a lot of great trades. And um, I think like in 2015 or something, there was this article about how he said that it's Bitcoin is going to go to a million dollars eventually in the long run. And I was like, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Basically, <laughs> um, I think I think none of our listeners will be surprised to hear that I agree with that. Um, and uh, then uh, in 2016, I think it was, the price hit 2,500 dollars, and I'm guessing he bought he probably bought like at 500, 600 dollars or whatever, and uh, he came out and was like. Uh, I think this is the top. I think like this is a bubble, and uh, in fact, I no longer think it's going to go to a million dollars in the long run. I think that all these hard forks are going to dilute Bitcoin down, uh, and that ultimately it's going to be worthless because uh, not only are there are hard forks, but uh, governments are going to use blockchain technology, and they're just going to implement their own, you know, stable coins, and uh, the Bitcoin just has no future. Uh, so he sold at $2,500. And so from $2,500 to $20,000, everyone was like, ha, you idiot. You sold so low. Uh, and you thought it was the top of the bubble. Now, 
so like he was he was very stubborn so he didn't buy back in but there's plenty of people who like they're like oh you know three thousand dollars is kind of high i'm gonna sell now and then it like doubles to six thousand dollars and they're like crap did i sell too soon and so then they're, they're like, and oh, no, be I'll be okay. devastating to your psychology. I mean, yeah. here, the, the lesson here is like, you're supposed to be like, okay, like it's all good because I, I got out with something. But it's like, tell me that you aren't devastated after that happens. I mean, it, it makes me think of Nassim Taleb talking about how, you know, it's not like losing, losing, um, like, uh, what, what, what is the thing exactly? It was basically like, Basically, the more success you've had, like the 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 harder it, it it is when when you lose some money, even small amounts of money. Oh yeah, I think it's a loss aversion bias or something. Yeah. Um. But like these things, like <laughs> these are really taxing on your psychology, and I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I, I my assumption is what you have to do is plan out ahead of time what your various things are so that when it happens you're just following the script uh rather than letting the the market's randomness dictate that's, it yeah i, I mean that's, that's i'm not the, a trader yeah i so uh traders do like emphasize that like you got to go into every trade with a plan all right but the the problem is that like with that voice exactly yeah you're in your trade and then you're like well I think I was wrong when I created the plan. Like I need to update the plan, uh, which is valid because circumstances that happens. Change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the lesson and, here: don't trade, just buy and hodl. Uh, that, yeah, that's kind of my point. Ne of never view. reap a profit. You don't now, need that Lambo. There, there are people who have a track record of uh, having the m emotional fortitude and uh, maturity, or whatever you want to call it uh that they they are able to uh time things and keep their wits about them uh that's not me i know that's not me <laughs> I, I i would never try doing that um i'm very volatile myself uh but uh i also just don't think that's like um i think those people are in the 10th percentile of humans so it's not even that like it's bad advice for the average person i think it's bad advice for like 90 percent of people at uh -huh. least if not yeah. like more than that uh but anyway the and and then my favorite part is like when when the price is crashing and it crashes down to you know uh thirty five hundred dollars and raul pal is like ah i told you guys that it was a bubble like well, <laughs> yeah well, still... at least wait for it to touch twenty five hundred dollars before yeah like the no lower. coiners on the other side where they like it crashes to you know seven thousand even though they've been bashing it. i guess it's the same thing really but like yeah. we see this on like an even grander scale with you know rubini and whatnot um yeah I, at this point we i feel like we need your wife to pop in and like remind everyone this is not financial advice <laughs> nothing in this should be construed as financial so, advice she actually uh my wife does have her own uh podcast it's called the money owners podcast it's great podcast great podcast it's probably better than our podcast <laughs> uh, but uh, she, one of the questions she got because because I retweet her stuff. Um, one of the questions she got was, uh, should you know how much Bitcoin should someone buy? And her her response was that um, there's there's kind of two things that go into uh, the that equation is uh, one your your willingness to 
take on risk. Uh, and that's kind of like, that's a, that's a very like psychological thing where it's like, is it, is it going to keep you up at night? Uh, right. or, or, you know, is it like, are you very like worried about losing money or whatever? You know, seems like a fundamental personality type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, might be like neuroticism or something. Um, and then, and then the other thing is, is your ability to take risk. Uh, and so that's going to depend on like, do you have a stable income to begin with? Uh, do you already have quite a bit of savings set aside? Do you have uh, a rainy day fund in case, you know, uh, you lose your job or whatever, and you have a hard time getting a, another job that interests you? Uh, do you have kids? Do you have a mortgage? Like all this stuff. So um, those two things, combine those, uh, and you can kind of figure out, uh, how, you know, how much risk you can take on and then uh, figure out uh, how many Bitcoin tone. Um, so, yeah, that's that. But again, not not financial advice by any means. <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, uh, this was a Q&A episode. So I uh, think we should hop on. Uh... We've only done the A part where we were assholes and we don't ask answer <laughs> questions. Yeah, well, good stuff. So uh, first question, uh, we don't have a from. I don't know who it's from, but... Marx wrote his books railing against capitalism before he uh, we ever went off the gold standard. So how do you explain to a Marxist that going off the gold standard is the big reason for all of our problems? I, you know, this isn't a specific question to Marxists uh, because this applies to like Keynesians as, mm -hmm. as well. Um, Actually, and there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there because I also like, I think that there there were problems with the gold standard, right? And Which is why we're on the Bitcoin standard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, we would all be tweeting about gold. Let's face it. <laughs> um, but I was uh, like, yeah, pre-2012 pre us, had we been on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm glad I wasn't on Twitter back then. I, uh, I, was, I would probably just be like retweeting Ron Paul memes. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, right, and then re retweeting <laughs> your your Ludwig von Mises memes. You oh, haven't. Yeah. You need Classic, to get back yeah. on making those. Yeah, I'm sure you've got uh, them sitting on your hard drive somewhere. Oh, I, I have all of them. <laughs> I have all of them. <laughs> Printed out, framed, <laughs> along with your 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 best tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't we? That, that was like an idea we had for like noted merchandise. Just like framed, signed tweets. Oh yeah, well we we need to revisit that. That might be that might be a good uh, good way of monetizing our brand. Yeah, because there's a lot of people, you know, they're they're selling out their brand, and uh, we got to do the same. <laughs> uh, but so like, yeah, I mean, so yeah, look, like the the gold standard was not perfect, and uh, I, like, mm, I don't know how I want to tackle this, like. <laughs> I, I was about to say, like, maybe uh, sound money isn't, like, kind of at the root of all of our problems. But let's face it, sound money is basically, unsound money is basically at the root of all of our problems. Um, so I think they're one, my biggest... Hold on. Can I, can I interrupt here? Because, maybe. like, there's, yeah, there's people who are always like, oh, you guys are, like, oversimplifying things, like... There's a lot more to it than just the sound money part. 
And my response is like, all right, well, let's just fix the sound money part and let's see where we end up. Uh, and if there's yeah. other things causing yeah. problems, we'll address those at that here's, point. Here's but one then, specific thing that we can tackle. Yeah. It's very easy to do. Just get everyone to you know, adopt Bitcoin. Yeah. It's much oh. easier than any of the, the Marxist plans. Download my node launcher. Yeah. <laughs> go, on, <laughs> go on Square Cash app and, and, and fiat. Yeah, yeah, sorry. no, sorry that, for the interruption. A, that's, yeah. A, that's a good point. Um, but uh, you know, first step, I try to avoid talking to Marxists in the first place. Yes, uh, that's probably the the biggest uh, piece of advice I would give you. Um, because otherwise, I mean, I, I think the very fact that uh, they would not understand, like you know, the pros of the gold standard is exactly why it's going to be so extremely difficult to explain to them why uh, the Bitcoin standard is not uh, better and going to fix a lot of the problems. Um, and even then, when you explain how Bitcoin is going to play out, they're going to apply Marxist theory to show there is like an oppressed class and an oppressor class. You know, the the people who own Bitcoin, so the oppressor class, the the people who mine Bitcoin, the, anyone who has anyone who has capital of any kind is going to be the oppressor class uh, to any person who does not have that that capital. Um, it's important to go back. You know, I, I have not read a lot of Marx. I, I cannot speak, you know, extensively on everything he wrote about in Das Kapital. Um, from what I gleaned from Hans Hermann Hoppe, there's actually a lot of... Uh, interesting criticisms that that Marx wields. Hoppe's big criticism was just his his lack of understanding of time preference, which made him come up with a um, an in incorrect uh, view of exploitation. Um, but one thing by Marx I certainly have read is the Communist Manifesto. And in the Communist Man Manifesto, one of the things that they call for, um, for, you know, communists to, to take control over uh, as part of the communist revolution and all of that is uh, to have full state control of uh, money and banking and credit. So they actually viewed as part of the communist plan exactly the kinds of things that we're arguing against. Um, now, they might have differences in how they would like they, they themselves uh, might argue something that that I'm I'm not you know going to be able to think of right now about um, why the current crony capitalist monetary system we see is not you know uh, what 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 we were what we we're describing here. But from my vantage point, no, this is what they wanted. You know, they wanted you know extreme you know compulsory public education they wanted you know state control of the monetary policy they wanted state control of everything in fact when you look at the when you look at the communist manifesto and their sort of list of of 10 pillars of the revolution stuff it's hard to see how they're not you know kind of winning when you look at the power structures in society today um so given all of that no i just i, I don't know how you would uh, explain to them at all. Um, it's it's probably more worth your time to just keep building and uh, you know making Bitcoin happen. And you know they they can they can join the oppressed class if they want. But uh, 
I, I, I simply don't know how, how I'd have the patience to be able to argue with um, a people who are, are going to disagree on fundamentals. Yeah. I, I've argued, I, I spent time in college arguing with, you know, various socialists and such. And uh, they were, for instance, fundamentally unable to grasp concepts of scarcity. Uh, yeah. What I don't like about talking with them is, uh, you know, the you smell. know, well, <laughs> that's why you only talk with them on the internet, first of all. Um, but Lesson uh, learned. yeah, you know, the, uh, you know, the former CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz, he's uh -huh. like running for president. Um, and, uh, he, he had a, a tweet that was, was like, uh, shutting down political opponents, inflexible dogma, and the making of lists of the politically impure, uh, impure, unfavored classes and offending businesses has always been integral to socialism. History is utterly clear on this point. The list is always acted on. And he was referring to uh, Ocasio-Cortez, like, had a list of, of moderate Democrats uh, that she wanted to, like, challenge in primaries uh, because they are, you know... Uh, to 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 the right of of her um and and so then i was like i was like well howard schultz is making a pretty good point here and like this is not going to end well <laughs> and uh you know these people are going to end up in the gulag pretty quickly um and then i was like scrolling down and there's like a bunch of you know marxists and like hardcore communists responding to it essentially saying like well I, we're going to put you in a gulag. <laughs> I was like, you know, to, to Howard Schultz for being a billionaire. And uh, one of them is, um, you know, um, oh, I forget his name now. Uh, Orson Welles. Is it? The uh, theater in Hollywood guy? Yeah. There's like a gif of him uh, do exercising upper body uh, with a guillotine. Uh, have you I seen have that? I have not seen this. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm a I'll, big fan of uh, Orson Welles and Orson Welles memes. Okay, I found it. Um, let me let me send it to you uh, in the chat window here, and actually, I'll I'll, I'll drop it in the um, uh, in uh, that's Hitchcock. Oh, okay. Why am I getting them confused? Do they look like or am I? Uh, an idiot? They they both have some weight they can lose. Okay. <laughs> well, that's why he's exercising, right? Um, <laughs> But like, I feel like tweeting that at someone is is a death threat, <laughs> and uh, and knowing the history of the French Revolution, which was like the you know the, the worst excesses of the French Revolution, uh, by all means were very you know egalitarian uh, kind of left wing of sorts. Now I, I understand that there are right wing death squads as well, um, but uh, in any case. Uh, it's a very violent, like, group of people. And I always, and I've also seen, like, I've been in conversations on Twitter with them about Bitcoin where they're like, oh, look, uh, cryptography is not going to save you from the mob when we come and, like, to take your Bitcoin. And uh, I think that they're, like, being serious. Like, they are actually going to eventually, if given the opportunity, uh, act out their extremely violent urges uh, and and come and you know take take our bitcoins by force or uh, execute us and our families and burn our houses to the ground. Like the, these things are not like um, 
abstract concepts and they're also not uh to to them i don't think it's like uh, you know the stanford prison experiment where <laughs> oh yeah you could if you put anyone in the wrong circumstances like they're gonna do something heinous like these people like want to do something heinous uh and the, they just they don't have the the capital yeah. them they, they wish they were more capitalist i guess so they had the capital to go out and and do this right whether um, it's uh, physical capital or, or political capital in the sense that, uh, you know, if they did that today, uh, they they get, you know, uh, the, uh, the the death penalty or uh, life in prison. But um, in, in their ideal future world, uh, they will be in control of the uh, judicial system and it will be uh, Bitcoiners who get the death penalty for uh, being uh, for hoarding their Bitcoins. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the good news is, uh, I think you can you can buy a ghost gunner with both fiat and uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I also just like think it's uh, um, uh, it's it's kind of unrealistic on their behalf to to think that, especially I don't know, maybe not here in New York where there you could probably rile up a pretty good big mob that is uh not particularly respectful of property rights but i think that somewhere like in texas it would be a lot harder to to do that um especially yeah the firearm situation is just you you, you don't want to start a mob in texas that is that is antagonistic towards property rights yeah like yeah, i just that, don't see that, that anywhere well. right <laughs> uh but also in Texas, uh, they you know how they're building the Texas like bullion depository. Yeah, I hope I there's feel crypto like... keys in there. I need to go. I need to go walk to you know I'm, I'm I can walk to the Capitol. Should walk yeah, to the Capitol and, and go. And uh... that could be part of your multi sig. Like one of your keys is yeah at the uh, yeah depository. Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott can you know hold on to one of the other keys and I can call up Greg when I want to move coins. Yeah. People would be like, "Yeah, but it's so hard to get in touch with the governor." And it's like, "Yeah, that's part of the point. That's part of the point." It's cold Although, storage, people. Uh, in in Governor Abbott's defense, I do see him engaged on social media and actually responding to people on Twitter, which is ah, more than you can case, say about a lot of other people. Twitter and start, you know, hounding him about this. We should get him on the Noted <laughs> podcast. I, I wonder if he would. Yeah, he can stop by my place, right? I can take my uh, equipment to the governor's mansion. Beautiful yeah. building. I've never um, been inside. I I don't think your place is uh, handicap accessible. He's he's in a wheelchair. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't, you can I don't do think it downstairs. Uh, I, I I I do know a way I could get a uh, I I could get him up here. It's not impossible. It's just yeah. We'll uh, just have we'll have Jeff carry him up. Uh, perfect. Uh, no, like look, Greg. I know you're listening. Um, you are yeah, welcome. sorry. I didn't mean to to insult any uh, physical dis disabilities by any means, but uh, <laughs> Greg, yeah. I, I know you're listening, and you are most welcome uh, to come visit the Bitstein residence. Uh, I do have a way. If Jeff is in New Jersey and unable to carry you up the stairs, I do know how to get up, get you up here. So uh, don't let that stop you. Absolutely. Or or. We can go to the governor, and uh, we'll we'll go to the his I mean, house. He's got a nicer place than me. That's his crib. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Maybe Michael. Maybe you'll want to buy it at some point. Uh, you know, don't put it past me. The, the state <laughs> will need money, and they'll be like, Michael, you can have anything in 
any any state property what do you want to buy any state property i mean i'm gonna have to think about that that because includes like, like the parks. federal land i mean look i mean uh with like the federal government when they're refinancing i mean if if i had my chance to buy stuff yeah. i'd probably go for you know the library of congress mm. and a lot of federal land out west so i can get yeah. the bison roaming those would yeah. be my my two big uh investments yeah uh i i don't hmm, I, I haven't really uh thought about uh what what kind of foreclosure property i want to buy from Maybe the federal government. But, uh yeah yeah although i think that i think you that, know hey you know it's better than that yeah. get the land out in like new mexico like it's the testing area 51 uh yeah area? i was also thinking of like uh what's it called like white sands or something like uh, that yeah yeah just all, all the the testing areas for NASA stuff. That'd be a, you know, we can mm. write stuff type uh, test. Oh, whatnot. You know what? I know what I want. I, I want Floyd Bennett Field here in New York City. Uh, it's like a a massive uh, World War II era airport that uh, is off the coast, and I think that what I would want it to be is a staging ground for my robot army that is <laughs> now the robot army the the enemy is litter and trash yes uh, so it's it's not about uh you know killing humans it's about improving the human environment so um that that's the that's the grand plan anyway uh we, we've gone on for far too long we've talked very little about bitcoin yeah Hey, we did answer a question though, so we, we did at least make it a Q and A. Yeah, a literal A Q and A. We got a the article right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I want to encourage people um, to if if you find yourself uh, being bad, uh, don't don't blame others for it. Blame yourself. Take Extreme responsibility. Ownership. Yeah. Let's leave on that note of. Uh, don't don't try to don't try to project it onto other people when it's you being bad. Oh, I can't uh, wait to hear the Jocko clip that's about to follow us right now for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> Just to troll you, Michael, I'll I'll make it uh, like a Teletubbies clip or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the last episode I put the Jocko Teletubbies, clip the beginning. but with the sun as like Jocko's face. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've never watched Teletubbies, so you tell me. What's... That's that's the extent of my knowledge. Is that oh, I think I'm there's sure, a yeah. I think there's a sun with a face on it. I could be totally wrong about that. I'll have to refresh myself and uh, <laughs> pull out my old DVDs. Um, now I don't have any Teletubbies DVDs. If someone in the audience do does, please send them to me. <laughs> please mail them to me. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Well, we need to talk about BitBlockBoom. That's going to be in August. Uh, and uh, just Google BitBlockBoom and go it's there. Gonna be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Um, oh, uh, ahead of the Consensus Blockchain Week thing here in New York, uh, I'm doing like a one-day Lightning developer workshop where basically... Uh, oh, so you'll be interested in this, Michael. I was thinking that... I was trying to think of how to make this so that I don't have to mess around with trying to set up Python and LND and all this stuff on like people's Windows computers or even Macs for that matter. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking I set up a server that serves up 
Jupyter notebooks and those Jupyter notebooks like import the LND gRPC, uh, you know, client. Uh, and then each instance of a notebook is connected to a different LND instance. Uh, and then I put like, you know, a small amount of BTC in each wallet. Oh, um, I see. I mean, so I, is this going to be mainnet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, but uh, you'll basically spin up programmatically uh, the LND instances. Yeah, like a dozen LND instances. Uh, you know, pull a little BTC on each one. Uh, and then when people show up in the morning, it's like, all right, open up the notebook. Uh, I'm going to show you how to use the Python API to open a channel. Uh, so, uh, you know, well, first of all, to get your pub key. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, get info. Um, and then send your pub key to, you know, your, your, your neighbor next to you, uh, and then open a channel with each other. And then we'll kind of create a little, you know, circular economy. And then we'll do like a, a lightning torch passing around of, you know, sending BTC to each other. Uh, so that like, there's no mucking about setting things up. We just get into the code right away. Uh, because I really just want to focus, not, I don't want to focus on the it's code. A, it, I, yeah, yeah that, that's a that, that's a, a tricky thing with any kind of coding class uh, where people are using their own hardware. Yeah, just because so many different people have different setups and stuff like that. that that's a pain. So anything to alleviate some of that and get right to coding, um, is great. Yeah, and it's going to be at this uh, really nice office uh, called. Uh, so I didn't know about these guys until recently. They're uh, the company is called Distributed Global. Which sounds like a, um, a a like shipping export import business, uh, but they're actually like a uh, latex goods. Yeah, uh, you know they're 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 Bitcoin first, most similarish you know types, but they are very Ethereum friendly and friendly towards the whole ecosystem of crypto per se. So they're not like uh, hardcore purists like ourselves. But they're very friendly, and uh, they are uh, allowing us to to borrow some office space so that uh, we can have this course. In, and and I went to their office, and it's like it's got like a very um, I don't know, it's very warm and earthy vibe to it. It's not it's not like a, a cubicle farm, you know. It's mm -hmm. uh, and it's also not like one of those like weird startup uh, environments. It was just like. Huh, I, I I feel comfortable here. <laughs> uh, nice, which, nice. I, I don't know why it's so hard for interior decorators to to create spaces where people feel comfortable, but I, I don't think they're going for comfort. They're going for some kind of weird status game. Yeah, no, that's what it is. It's like, it's like yeah, I just want to be comfortable. I just want a, a nice a nice well lit room. <laughs> but like, isn't it? I like it elevated their status in my mind that like they had like tastefully, you know. I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't understand modernity, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to be in, uh, in, in May before blockchain week. Um, I already have 10 people signed up. Uh, I'm going to do a max of 20 and that's going to be kind of crowded. I know. So, uh, but, uh, I hope that people will still enjoy it. Um, and if I hit 20, then I'll do it on Sunday as well. But, um, I'm, it's kind of weird for me to say, but I'm hoping that we we like stay at like 12 or something uh, because it's I, I don't what I don't want to have is like 
I do it with 12 people and it's like a mess and it's really hard. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, I got to do this again tomorrow with another another group. Um, So I kind of want to like experiment and and do a small group because what I eventually want to do is do like a webinar where uh, I do it online, like a live course uh, and do it that way. um, Once I've kind of like fleshed out some material and honestly, like I still, I still haven't figured out the whole LND API. Like yesterday I was accidentally gouging people with fees because I didn't understand the API. So uh, I'm, I'm still learning. Uh, hopefully I've learned enough by May to not make an embarrassment of myself. Um, but yeah. Uh, also we should show the Patreon. If you want to watch these, uh, t- these, I was going to say TV shows because I'm looking at the video, but you, I guess it's a TV show, right? Like you, you could you hypothetically put this on your television and live stream it. Um, yeah, live stream this for your children. Uh, ideally, they're over eighteen because we do use swear words. <laughs> is 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 PG thirteen swear words? Like, can you do swear words? Uh, they have limits on. Uh, I I don't know what it is these days, uh, but I think what it used to be is you could have one use of the word fuck but not speaking sexually. Okay. So it could be someone that's just saying, fuck you, but right. not like, I, wanna I fuck want Michael. to fuck you. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> someone should take that clip and then, well, I think we, now we've used the F word too many times, so now we're definitely like R. Yeah, this is R rated. Yeah. Um, so sorry about that. You can watch it on television uh, with adults, uh, as you would the Super Bowl game. You know, like you, you're like, oh, hey, it's no guys. Worse, I mean, they they have people with wardrobe malfunctions. I know that was like <laughs> a decade and a half ago now, but I remember when it happened. And I think that was, was the last time I watched a, the Super Bowl. So why was that such a? I well, okay. My bias is that I come from France, where. <laughs> We outright see breasts during commercials for like shampoo. Um, yeah. But well, let's just yeah. remember that uh, America was founded as a Puritan country. Yeah, uh, and it still holds its roots pretty tightly. So it comes full circle to uh, our discussions with uh, Ostrom about uh, social norms and transgression. Anyway, um, do we have other things to shill, uh, Michael? Yeah. Uh, go go find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash noted. Um, if you want to, you know, help support the show and have access to the live streams that we do. Um, oh, something I've been wanting to show. Uh, if you if you have a Casa node, it's probably on autopilot. So now if if you're interested in lightning, you should probably learn about how to manually open a channel. And you should manually open a channel to Lightning Power Users. Uh, go to lightningpowerusers.com for the uh, connection information. Uh, that way, I can continue to grow my node. I, I already think it's too big, so maybe I should be shilling it like this. But yeah. Uh, one, one last thing uh, I want to shill is yeah. uh, Jimmy Song's new book, Programming Bitcoin uh, from O'Reilly, is now available on Amazon. And oh, yeah. uh, it's it's basically the the book form of his programming blockchain course, which he had come on the show. I, I, I think it was over a year ago now. Oh man, um, I gotta have him on the we show. Have to be back on. 
Yeah. And, you know, Jimmy's fantastic. Uh, I, I haven't read the book yet. Um, it's also on, on GitHub. It's, it's an open source book, so you can go, you know, take a look there. But, um, you know, if, if you have an interest in getting down and dirty with uh, Bitcoin development, I highly, highly recommend uh, checking out his book. Um, and if you want sort of hands-on, uh, you know, uh, experience in sort of a classroom setting, go find out what, uh, you know, upcoming seminars he's doing and, and check those out. But uh, it's called Programming Bitcoin, um, and you can get it on Amazon. Excellent. And I think in other bookstores as well. Just search around. Yeah. Um, while we're shilling books, uh, go uh, buy the Bitcoin standard. <laughs> uh, the the, the being, Bitcoin standard. Yeah. Friend of the show. Um, go buy the, the Ethics of Money production. By yeah. Guido Holzman. Guido Holzman. Uh, the Theory of Money and Credit. What has government done to our money? Um, money, bank credit, and economic cycles. Yes. Check out Economic Harmonies by Frederick Bastiat. And while you're at it, uh, you know, Human Action by Ludwig von Mises. Man, Economy, and State. Man, Economy, and Power State. Power and Market. Yeah. I think it comes with it, but you should buy it separately too. <laughs> oh, uh, Economic Science and the Austrian Method. Uh, oh, democracy brilliant, the God work. That brilliant failed. work. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Democracy the God That Failed. Uh, all of his books, by the way, I think... Uh, I, I've thought about this. I think I even tweeted it at some point, but I want to revisit, um, you know, stuff like uh, uh, what is it, a theory of socialism and capitalism. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a lot to glean um, about that. Um, and also stuff that's in Democracy of the God that failed, especially on, on how to approach these sort of uh, Bitcoin uh, social norms. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that that he goes on a lot, and it was one of the things that I picked up most from from Hans Hermann Hoppe, like reading from a from a political standpoint, um, which is you know we, we were at that time when you had all these people going on about thick versus thin libertarianism, and I'm just sitting there, just like, hey, I just want to end the Fed, guys. Like let's just end the Fed. Like let's go end the Fed. It's like no, we can't do that. We got to focus on you know like the the kittens or something, and. Um, uh, but, but Hoppe does do a good job of diving in. Like these social issues are very important because, you know, as, as, uh, you know, trying, trying to form these, these networks does have a social component to it and understanding, uh, the, the norms that guide that and the economics of those norms uh, is very important. So, um, democracy, the God that failed is, is a essential Bitcoin reading, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I fully agree. Uh, it's got some controversial parts in it, but um, if if it bothers you, just cover up those footnotes. It's not a big deal. It's one like one footnote. You'll be fine. <laughs> but Michael, you don't I don't even have to agree books, with it. I only want books that have no controversy in them at all. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, just saw your face get like more gray, like a pointy nose. Yeah, NPC face. <laughs> And guess what? Even if you don't read it, we're still we're still going to end the Fed. And yeah, we're, sorry we're, guys, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you can do. I I Point like um, when 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 uh, I've I've had like a conversation recently where someone was like, "You you know how unrealistic that is," <laughs> and and my response was like, "We're almost done. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about?" It's almost finished. This is like, yeah, this is like you're, you're, you, you, you pop in on, you know, the Apollo 11 
module as it's like descending upon the moon. It's like, do you know how impossible this is? Yeah. Do you do you really think this is doable? <laughs> uh yeah. You've only done this in simulations. <laughs> it's right there. Yeah. It's right below us. Uh yeah, good time. Anyway, read all of those books. Go to Mises.org, just you know, download everything. Uh speaking of which, I the, I, you know, actually, you know what? I'm going to skip this. This is going to be a later conversation because yeah. otherwise we'll be here all night. But uh, everyone, go to Mises.org. <laughs> You'll find good books. Yeah, if we if we create a reading list, it's going to be quite a while. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, uh, I think we shield everything. Uh, we, we should create like uh, Amazon referral links and uh, create like a, a web page with recommended readings and then that way we I can think people would really like that um yeah and, and of course for any of any of the books that are available online we'll we'll put the links for both the right. like, referral for the physical as well as the mises.org if you specifically want to go give them money yeah um, which i totally understand uh but just give you give you all the the options to be able to to find this literature because it's all very very important um and whether or not you need to understand Austrian economics to be a Bitcoiner, um, if you want to understand Bitcoin, you're going to want to read Austrian economics. I yeah, I, I love that argument. I've, I've seen it happen on on Twitter where someone so, someone will say like, I you know I've been in Bitcoin for years now and I've I've never read any Austrian economics and uh, I understand it just as well as you do, and like. I'm like, no, I've I've seen what you write about Bitcoin. You don't really understand very very well. So uh the 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 the, the rationalizations that people go through just to yeah. not read human action. I know. Like I understand it's a dense read. It's 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 not easy. It's very difficult. But Michael, he's a Kantian. We can't he's we can't do operary, we can't do synthetic. No. Hegel couldn't do it. Yeah. Fichte couldn't do it. Mises, he did it. Uh, I don't know. Arguably, uh, Hoppe is the one. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hoppe, Hoppe Austrian uh, economic science and the Austrian method. Uh, go read our reading list. You know what? I'm going to go read it. that right now. <laughs> I'm going to go read, and then it'll put me to sleep. <gasps> That's a great way to sell the book. <laughs> It's good nighttime reading for falling asleep. It's like taking a melatonin. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you remember like 30 minutes ago when we said we should close this up? <laughs> My wife's going to kill me. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Bye. Thoughts on how to deal with toxic slash negative people. Oh, those people. Yeah. So... First of all, it's important to recognize that those people exist everywhere and everybody's got to deal with me. If you run into one of these people, don't get all surprised as if they're a lone ranger out there being negative. No, there's negative rangers all over the place. So I, we got to you got to know how to deal with them. And it's so so when you're dealing with someone like that, first of all, confronting them of course, as you can probably predict, is not usually the best option because all you're doing is you're you're attacking their heavily defended position, which which is not good. So one of the techniques that I use when dealing with these kind of people is I 
absorb. I absorb their critiques. I absorb their toxicity. I absorb their negativity. Now, obviously, this takes a little bit of strength, right? You can't be taking stuff personally. You have to, in order to learn how to absorb things, you got to say, okay, I'm just going to do this for the team, right? Mm-hmm. But it looks like, for instance, when they say, oh, this is horrible, I don't say, no, it's not horrible. I don't just go right back at them. I say, yeah, you know what? We definitely got some room for improvement, right? So I kind of just deflected it. I kind of just <laughs> absorb, absorb it. it, right? Mm-hmm. Absorb it a little bit. Because what they want to do is they're lashing out, right? They're throwing the negativity. They like those explosions. They like to see it hit something and blow up. They That's what they're doing. That's how yeah. they roll. So you're going to absorb. You're going to catch it and pull it in, right? So when they're like, oh, we can never do this, I don't say, we can absolutely do this, no? Because you didn't. You're just. Go, you're going to create the explosion that they're looking for. Instead, I'm saying, you know what? We might not be able to do it. But I'm, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a good, solid try. I'm going to try and make it happen, right? So we're just deflected it a little <laughs> bit, and they're going to throw you some other negative thing. And you know, if they say oh, this is stupid, I don't say no. This is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. I don't do that. Don't go head to head. I'm going to say, you know what? There's definitely some room for improvement the next time around. You're right, 100%. Ooh, yeah, you just got deflected. And those reactions, they disarm these ultra-negative people. And it kind of takes their their fight from them. And it also makes them look like emotional extremists. So with the group, right, when somebody calls that out in the group, and they're coming across all extreme, and you just absorb it and negate it a little bit. It negates their view, or it, I shouldn't say negate, because negate means like totally cross out. When you just absorb it and deflect it a little bit, the rest of the team goes, oh, yeah, you know, oh, Echo, he's just super emotional. He's a negative. Right. They see him for what he is, yeah. which help, is helpful for you, right? And then once I'm done absorbing their attacks and taking some of those shots no big deal that I'm gonna start to override them somewhat with some with some positivity which is gonna be directed at them right so they were all negative but I'm gonna say hey what you did there really worked well or you know what hey good job on that I don't know I could I never could have figured that out like you did right mm-hmm. so I'm gonna start start getting in their head a little bit and start filling their head with some positive stuff. That's right. That's what I'm going to do. Man, you figured that out better than anybody. Nicely done. And I'm bringing them from the dark side over to the light. That's what I'm doing. I'm bringing them over. And actually, I used to have the funniest, uh, one of my favorite guys in the SEAL teams. He was my, he was my, first deployment to Iraq he was the senior enlisted guy in our task units and and actually we're just bros but when one of us would start getting a little off the reservation on something like getting all addicted to some idea or something the other one we would <laughs> we would be looking at, like I'd be telling him like we need to do this and this is bullshit we need to do and he'd look at me like he'd be like Chuck, come back come, <laughs> come back come back to the light come, come on. we're over here it's okay we're all going to be okay. So when I would start getting negative, he would start pulling me back to the light, right? And mm-hmm. same thing with with me with him. He would get he would get all you know, get all. Matter of fact, he's the guy. Um, remember when we talked about? Well, simplify, it, repeat. That yeah, guy? no, yeah. simplify, amplify, amplify, and repeat. That's <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. him. 
he would also have to bring me back from the dark side and I have to do it to him too if he started getting a little too negative um, it, good times but the, the the last thing I want to do with someone that's being super negative is I am actually want to I want to give them some ownership I want to give them some ownership, some ability to make changes, some ability to have some kind of a positive impact on the mission. So I'm going to pick something that I think they can step up and handle, right? Something that is within their grasp and realm and ability, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give it to them. And and then I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them, I'm going to kind of overload them with help and with assistance and with guidance to make sure that they win and that's going to start spinning them in a more positive direction. Yeah. So that's my way to deal with the big negative people out there. Just absorb and yep. slowly counter. I like that how you're, you'd be like, hey, I like how you figured that out. And I said this before, but a good one is to be like, to say, hey, that's what I like about you. You're real, whatever, X, Y, Z, you know? You not that feeling like, people said that to me that's what i like about you you're real whatever you know and it makes you want to like continue to be that you know and you're, you're like hey he thinks i'm you know a problem solver so i'm, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be aware and st- continue yep. to solve problems you know you you put the self-fulfilling prophecy in their own head yeah the positive things that you want them to do yeah exactly